Do you long for a triumphant Christian life? Find out how to make that happen today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. You know, you read these stories in the Old Testament, you think, man, that's awesome. God fought for them. But I'm facing giants in my life. I'm facing difficulties in my life. I'm facing enemies in my life. And man, I wish God would fight for me. I wish there would be victory for me. But here's the thing. The Lord says, I want you to know that in this struggle, that in me, you can conquer and overcome. And not just by a little bit, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. He can heal every scar. Victory can seem impossible in life as you face insurmountable circumstances and failures. But did you know that overwhelming victory is yours in Jesus? This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And today he continues his 10-message series, Rising to the Challenge, a study of the book of Joshua. This is a revealing message about how to discover supernatural power, exponential power from God, who can and will work miracles in your life when you seek Him with all your heart and walk in His truth. The lesson is called Victory on Steroids. And we'll have part one today, but if you can't be with us for the entire broadcast, you can check it out again at fromhisheart.org. Click the radio tab. Let's get started. Open your Bible to Joshua chapter 10. Here's Pastor Jeff with a faith exercise that you should use all day, every day, that will bring you real victory. Victory on steroids. Now, in our study in the book of Joshua, we have come to Joshua chapter 10. And in Joshua chapter 10, we read about a victory that's not just any old victory. It's not just back and forth. It's not Rocky uh, fighting Apollo Creed and who's going to get up for the final count. It is victory on steroids And God gave a tremendous victory to Joshua that was so critical and so key. It ended up being the victory in the military campaign in chapter 10 that literally broke the back of the Canaanites and the armies of the Canaanites. And uh, Joshua ends up taking all of the southern uh, half of the promised land, which uh, was a springboard for him to take all the northern half and to really conquer all of the promised land. And it happens in Joshua chapter 10 victory on steroids. And you say, well, how did that come about? It says in Joshua 10, 42, and Joshua captured all these kings and their lands at one time because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. God fought for them. That's why they won. And when God fights for you, the battle is not close. The battle is a wipeout. Why? Because the Lord is the all-time undefeated heavyweight champ of the world, and no one comes close to him. As Jeremiah said, the Lord is with me like a dread champion, and no one can mess with the dread champion. Now, that's Old Testament, and we say, well, you know, you read these stories in the Old Testament, you think, man, that's awesome. God fought for them. But I'm facing giants in my life. I'm facing difficulties in my life. I'm facing enemies in my life. And man, I wish God would fight for me. I wish there would be victory for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says this, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer 
through him who loved us. We more than conquer. Overwhelmingly conquer, huper nikeo in the Greek, it means to be a super conqueror. And if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you are a super conqueror in him. You can experience victory on steroids as you walk with the Lord. And that's what we want to talk about today. Listen, I know that you struggle with something. I struggle with stuff. You struggle with stuff. The Bible talks about in Hebrews. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. There is a sin that easily entangles you and entangles me. It is a different sin for us. You know, your sin and my sin may not be the same sin that entangles. What you struggle with may not be what I struggle with. What I struggle with may not be what you struggle with. And that's okay. But there is something in life that ends up being a difficulty for us. Nobody has a life where, man, I just don't struggle with anything. We struggle. But here's the thing. The Lord says, I want you to know that in this struggle, that in me, you can conquer and overcome. And not just by a little bit, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So we're going to see a great victory in Joshua chapter 10. And here's the background of this story. So Joshua is, he, they come into the promised land. He leads the children of Israel into the promised land. Great miracle, the parting of the Jordan River. And they co come to a place called Gilgal. That's kind of headquarters. That's camp. And so the first conquest is Jericho. That happens in Joshua chapter 6. And that's a great miracle because they march around the city and for one day, uh, for six days, and then the seventh day, they march around it seven times. At the end of seven times, they blow the trumpet, they shout, and the walls come down. It's a great victory and uh, that God brought about by a miracle. Joshua chapter 7 is a defeat, a defeat at Ai, because a man in the camp named Achan stole some of the things that God said, don't take any of that. That all belongs to me. He stole some of it. And uh, God wasn't going to bless them until they dealt with that sin. Well, they deal with it in Joshua chapter seven. And then Joshua chapter eight, they go and they fight that little place called Ai and they win a great victory at Ai. So Jericho's down, Ai's down. Then they're getting ready to move and to keep going and keep attacking. But in Joshua chapter nine, you have the Gibeonites who recognize, hey, if we don't do something and make peace with Israel and Joshua, they're going to wipe us out. We're next on the, the hit list. And so they deceive Joshua. They say, we, we are a people from a far away land and uh, we just, we've heard about your God and we want to have a covenant with you. And so will you enter into a covenant with us? And they deceive him and he thinks they're from a faraway land. They're not from a faraway land. They're from Gibeon and Gibeon is about 20 miles away from Gilgal. And so Joshua makes a covenant with them as a very foolish covenant. Then he won't attack them and they are safe in the land. Now, the other kings that live around Gibeon, they were going to all come together to fight Joshua. And Gibeon is a key place because they have valiant warriors there. And so all the bad guys were getting together and Gibeon was supposed to be part of the bad guy team. But then Gibeon ends up turning and signing a pact with 
Israel and says, no, I'm not going to be in the, on the bad guy team. Now I'm part of the good guy team. And so the king's of those bad guys, they get angry. And it says in chapter 10, now it came about when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured Ai and had utterly destroyed it, just as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and that the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were within their land. They were traitors, according to Adonai Zedek that he greatly feared because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. It was a dominion city. Therefore, verse 3, Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent word to Hoham, king of Hebron, and to Piram, king of Jarmuth, and to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon, saying, come up to me and help me, and let us attack Gibeon. For it has made peace with Joshua and with the sons of Israel. We're going to teach those guys a lesson. So we need to fight Joshua, but before we fight Joshua, we're going to wipe out Gibeon and let them know that they can't become traitors in the land. So it says in verse 5, so the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up, they with all their armies, and they camped by Gibeon and fought against it. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. I want to share with you three encouragements to help you walk in victory and to see yourself as victorious in Jesus Christ. Let me just say this up front. If you're here and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not a super conqueror. You will be conquered. You need to do what Gibeon did. You know, Joshua is the Hebrew name of Jesus. Jesus is the Greek name, the New Testament name, but Jesus is Joshua in Hebrew, Yeshua. And uh, the Gibeonites recognize we're going to get mowed down, we're going to get run over, we're going to get destroyed unless we make peace with Joshua. It's a picture of uh, somebody who is in total despair, recognizes that I'm a, I, I am not able to save myself. Joshua, will you save me? Now, he did it, they did it in a deceitful way, but you and I can do it in a true way, in a real way, and confess our sins and receive Christ as Savior and Lord and be connected to the winning side. So here we are as believers, and I'm speaking from a believer standpoint. How can you experience the victory, walk in victory, and understand that you don't work and don't fight for victory, you fight from victory? Three encouragements for that. Number one, Know that God will take your failures and work them for good. God will take your failures. You are a super conqueror in Jesus Christ, and God will take your failures and work them for good. Now, that's good news because we all have failures. Romans 8.28 is one of the greatest verses in the New Testament. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that he does that. He works all things, good things, bad things, sinful things. He works it all together for good to those who love God. You can trust that God is at work, working all things together for good, even your bad decisions, even your failures, even your sins together for good. Now, Joshua 
in chapter nine made a bad decision because he made peace with Gibeon and he wasn't supposed to do that. He was deceived by Gibeon. And uh, you can say, well, okay, uh, you know, they, they tricked him, they deceived him. Yeah, and it says they deceived him because Joshua didn't consult the Lord before he made the covenant with the Gibeonites. He should have done that. So that was a failure on his part that ended up costing him. Now Gibeon is in trouble and they look to Joshua to bail them out. Hey, foolish decisions, you mark it down, they have consequences. Just because Romans 8.28 is in the book, just because God works all things together for good to those who love him, doesn't mean that we should do stupid things. Doesn't mean that we should uh, make bad decisions. Doesn't mean that we should act sinfully and selfishly and just say, oh well, God's gonna work all this together for good. God does work it together for good, but Galatians 6, 7 is in the book too. This says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. There are consequences that don't just go away. And they really don't, they're there. But here's the good news. On the foolish decisions, on the selfish decisions, on the sinful decisions where we don't consult the Lord, when we go out and do whatever we want to do, God can redeem those. Foolish decisions can be redeemed by the Lord and used for good. He can take all that and use it for good. So here's Joshua's situation. The Gibeonites have these five kings now coming up against them. And they're saying, hey, we can't handle five kings and their armies. There's no way that we can survive this. So they send word to Joshua, hey, Joshua, we need your help. Help us, save us. You remember, we entered into a covenant with you. you we took an oath. You gave us an oath. We gave you an oath. And Joshua, although those guys were deceitful, Joshua was not deceitful. And Joshua held to his end of the bargain, even though it was a bad deal for him to make that covenant with the, the Gibeonites. And so Joshua went to their aid and the Lord was orchestrating this to bring about a great victory for Joshua. See, before that time, Joshua, he's fighting Jericho, then he's fighting Ai, then he's going to fight this place and then that place and then this other place. And they were just picking them off one by one by one. Well, that takes a long time. So here it is. God brings five of them together and he's gonna go after five kings and their kingdoms all at one shot. And God is going to take what was a bad decision by Joshua and he's gonna turn it for good. Hey, you know, the Lord wants to do the same in your life. It's so encouraging to know that God will take your failures and turn them for good. Why? Because if we didn't have Romans 8.28 in the book, we would live, I mean, you mess up and you think I'm, I'm done. I remember hearing from John Maxwell years ago in one of his books, he was talking about failure and he said this, you need to fail forward and you need to take the you out of failure. You may have failed, but you are not a failure. And if you have a pulse, you still have a purpose. And there's still a God who can work in your life. If you still have breath in your lungs, it's an opportunity to serve God, to get right with God, to let him take all the mess and turn it into a message. See, God is like a master chemist. You know, in, in the lab, when you uh, 
go visit a lab or watch that on television or whatever. You have these guys and they're wearing lab coats and they're uh, working in the lab and handling substances that in and of themselves may be very dangerous substances. Maybe it's an acid, maybe it's some kind of poison and they can work those substances together and at the end come out with some kind of medicine, some kind of serum, some kind of salve that can help and heal. Now, all the individual substances that went into that, maybe those were dangerous. Maybe those would would kill. But when they work it together, it's something beneficial. God does that in your life and in my life. Second encouragement, God will fight for you as you walk with him. Look in verse 7. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him and all the valiant warriors. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them. For I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. That's about a 15 to 20 mile march and it's uphill. Gilgal is 4,000 feet below Gibeon. So they're marching all night uphill. And it says in verse 10, and the Lord confounded them before Israel and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon and struck them as far as Azekah at Mekedah. And it came about as they fled from the, before Israel while they were at the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Hey, God will fight for you as you walk with him. Now, here's the situation. You have Joshua and the Israeli army. And, you know, when we talk about the Israeli army, I mean, they're not well fitted. I mean, these people, uh, it's not like they have Uzis and stuff like that. I mean, they have swords, they have clubs, they have lances. You know, they have some of the implements like that, but they don't have high-tech equipment. And so they're just going, just guys, and they're going over, and hey, we're going to fight. They march all night. Now, if you march all night, you didn't get to sleep, and you go 15 to 20 miles, and it's an uphill climb, and you're doing it at night, rough terrain, by the time you get where you need to go, you're worn out. And they're going up against five kings, and he's traveling from Gilgal, and he's going west to come to Gibeon. And you have Jerusalem, or Jebus, because the Jebusites live there. And you have Hebron from the south, and Lachish from the south, and Eglon from the the southwest, and Jarmuth. And all those kings have gotten together to go up against Gibeon. And so Joshua travels all night, and he gets there. One army going up against five kings and their armies on their home field. Now in Moab, they had odds makers and they were making bets. And they were saying, hey, you know, a hundred to one odds that Israel is gonna be able to stand up against the five kings. I mean, in any situation, Joshua would have been afraid, but the Lord had said to him, do not fear. I will give them into your hand. These are insurmountable odds, Joshua. But God likes insurmountable odds because insurmountable odds odds and circumstances are no match for God. Five kings against Joshua looks like a mismatch, but that's not what it was. It was, it was five kings against the king of kings. That's who was fighting because the Lord fought for Israel. The Lord is going to fight 
Israel's enemies. Now, Joshua had to show up and Joshua's men had to go engage the enemy. They had to fight, but God gave the victory. And when the men started to run away, the enemy started to run away. What did the Lord do? He started to throw hailstones on them. Very pinpoint accuracy. And the scripture says he's killed more people. The Lord killed more with the hailstones than the children of Israel, sons of Israel killed with the sword. Hey, insurmountable circumstances are no match for God. The scripture says, if God is for you, who can be against you? And you don't need to fear when the Lord is for you. And you can have confidence as you cling to his word. God gave Joshua a word. And God has given us his word. And it's, he said to Joshua in verse eight, do not fear them for I've given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua could go out, tell the guys, hey guys, we're gonna march all night. They said, Joshua, we're gonna be exhausted. We're not gonna be able to fight. Yeah, we're gonna be able to fight because the Lord said that he's already given us the victory. So we can just go in the strength and in the confidence of the Lord and we can go fight. You and I can do the same thing. We can cling to his word. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, he has said so that we may confidently say, he has said, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you so that we may confidently say the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. I will trust in him. When we come across promises in the scripture, we need to hold to those promises and cling to those promises like a dog with a T-bone steak. You say, Lord, you promised this. See, when your heart is right with God, when my heart is right with God, Philippians 4.19 takes on such great power. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what he says, that's what he promised. Now he doesn't say he'll take care of your greeds, he says he'll take care of your needs and supply all your needs. It's such a profound truth to know that we, as believers, have all we need from God to become super conquerors. Next time, after a brief review, Pastor Jeff will continue this informative message, so don't miss the conclusion to Victory on Steroids. All this month, we've been in Pastor Jeff's 10-message series, Rising to the Challenge, a study of the book of Joshua. And the question with each of these messages is this, how can you live a life of spiritual victory? The key component to that is heeding the Word of God and doing what He says and declaring it to the world. Do you struggle with that? Then this timely series will help you. The Rising to the Challenge series is our special gift of thanks to you for your support from His Heart this month. It's available in the format of your choice. USB flash drive, MP3 download, CDs or DVDs, your choice. From His Heart is a broadcast outreach ministry with Pastor Jeff Shreve, but he takes no income from this ministry at all. He's a full-time pastor in Texarkana, Texas. From His Heart is a separate nonprofit ministry dependent on the support of those who listen are blessed, and want to help share these messages to the world on radio, TV, and online. To help us this month and get the series Rising to the Challenge, call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or simply go online to fromhisheart.org and make that gift when you request Rising to the Challenge, a study of the book of Joshua. 
God bless you for your prayers and support. The web address again, fromhisheart.org. Hey, thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, inviting you to be right back here next time for part two of this lesson entitled Victory on Steroids. That's on Monday when we'll again open God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.